Hey, welcome to The Conversation. You're listening to Andy Mason, and this is authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. And today, I'm sitting in the Poconos. Actually, I'm sitting on a bed yes. with my friend Graham Coyle, <laughs> and uh, we uh, we got the pleasure of actually having a friend with us visiting from England in the middle of our crazy transition time. This is actually the second guest, international guest, that we've had while we're in the middle of... I don't know what's going on. And uh, the beauty of this is that actually Graham was with us in 2018 when the car fire hit Redding, California, just when we'd moved into our house. He was with our family staying with us as we were evacuated. The U.S. Marsh was coming up the road. So just the timeliness of Graham being here is quite significant. So if uh, any of you are going through any transition change, uh, there's a couple of outcomes I want from this conversation. One is that you would find yourself a Graham, somebody that is mature in their walk with God, not necessarily mature in years, (laughs) although that may be part of it. Okay. Find somebody like that, that that can just give perspective for you that may be a parent, it may be a pastor, it may be uh, someone who is seasoned in their walk with God around you that can, you can just share this is what's going on and they can give perspective. And secondly, I want to unpack just the process. We're literally seven days from the this Airbnb exp- ends and there is no extension. So we have to get out of here. Uh, and all of these different questions, do we get another Airbnb? We haven't found a house. Uh, if we're going to get a house, it's not going to close for usually six weeks plus. Um, do we rent a house? Uh, do we find something else? Like, what, what do we do? Do we get an RV and just try? Like, God, what do we do in the middle of this? So how did we lead our family through that decision of where we're at now? But first, let's go back. Graham, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Really, um, I feel like I've made the grade. You know, I'm on the, <laughs> the Andy podcast. Uh, where can I go after this? <laughs> Home to England. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's, that, that was the correct <laughs> yeah, answer. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Graham, let's just go back a bit, a little bit. Who are you? Um, my name is Graham Coyle. I've been in education most of my life, taught for well over 30 years, uh, led a school, led a group of schools, and now I'm leading a, a European group of Christian educators. So any... Any Christian who's in education in any setting anywhere across Europe. Um, and I've also been very involved with leadership in the church over the years and currently um, really leading my own church through a, a massive transition of, of leadership. So the idea is um, I don't lead the church at the end of this process. Somebody else much younger and brighter and with more energy and vision and so on, they take it forward. So that's, that's what I do. And you live in the middle of England, is it? I live in a place called Worcester. Uh, most people listening to this will only know Worcester because that's where the source comes from, and uh, that's where I live. And uh, you're an adult, because people can't see that. I can I, see I, that you're I, an adult. You've got four, three, two. Two, two kids, <laughs> uh, both married and, so uh, four. and grandchildren. Yeah. yeah. So it just gives you context. And Graham, did we meet first through Janine? Like, how did that connection happen? Yes, that's right. Um, first time... I went to Reading, which is probably seven years ago now. Um, Janine and I bumped into each other. It was a, a guy I'd been chatting to who was a friend of Janine's, another Kiwi, and he introduced us, and so we had coffee because he thought we'd both be interested in chatting about education, which we were, 
and uh, and that's where it started really and it's become a friendship since so in telling the story of what happened in 2018 it's intentional one it's a testimony two it's the perspective both then and now so as you listen to this this is a really interesting testimony so uh wind back 2018 you said come and visit we had just dropped into a miracle house in reading i've told that story previously a literally amazing property three acres backs onto a recreation area there are trees three acres of trees it is absolutely outstanding and graham comes to stay we move in i think you know two days before you arrived um, I think you'd been in a few oh, weeks. Yeah, because it was six weeks. Yeah. Six weeks. And so then you arrive, and what happened? Well, I came for a conference. We had the conference. On the third day of the conference, we, we'd finished the conference, went back to your place, and uh, we knew the fire was, was coming. We could see the smoke, but we didn't realise how quickly it was moving. And so we were packed up. We had a, a bag packed, ready to go. And uh, we were having uh, we were having tea kind of early evening and which is dinner by the way yeah sorry yeah uh, <laughs> we were having a meal early evening <laughs> and um, then uh, we noticed that the the fl- the the smoke was much closer and and we could begin to see the flames coming over the hill we we knew then it was time to leave so we really literally grabbed our bags threw them in the cars and off we went and the police as you said they were coming up the drive. As we were leaving. Yeah. US Marshals were yeah. evacuating us. Yeah. Like even talking about it, it's like, oh, I can still feel some of that emotion. Yeah. We drove from there down to, we had an office in town, so that's probably 20 minutes away, mm-hmm. away from the fire. And we just kind of camped in there. Do you remember what we did? What was, what was it like being, because you're like the insider uh, to our family, what was it like being in that environment? It's a peculiar experience, to be honest, uh, because you're suddenly thrown into... It, it was like being in a disaster movie. Yeah. I mean, it was literally like that. And uh, there, are, there were hundreds, thousands of people on the roads going in different directions. The traffic was backed up. And, um, and I still didn't know you very well at that point. And one of the internal... Tussles was was what's my place in this is the best thing for me to do especially as an Englishman to say well thank you for three days accommodation I'm just going to to go I had something else sorted out for the the next little while or or do I say to myself I'm I'm here and God seems to have brought me here at this time I don't know how this is going to work out but I'm going to at least offer what support I can. And it was very difficult to know what that would look like because none of us had ever been in that situation before. And um, I had no idea what you were thinking about it. And obviously you didn't have any idea what I was thinking about it also. It was it was simply reacting to the situation. So we went to the office and the peculiar thing was we had this big tub of ice cream <laughs> that we'd bought um, to eat with dinner. With, yeah. with dinner. Yeah. And we, we didn't know... Uh, when we'd be back obviously we knew it wouldn't be quick so everybody thought well we better take the ice cream with us so the first thing we did when we arrived at the office <laughs> Priorities. we had ice cream and uh, then the power went off so we sat in the dark and ate ice cream and, and it was it was bizarre it was just strange and then and you could see the red yeah from the fire 
on the horizon, wondering what is, what, are we even safe here? Yeah, and the roads were, were literally jammed up with, with people. It was a very, very strange experience. Yeah, I remember that is, and I was just madly on the phone working out, okay, where are we going to go? Do we... That's right. And just, I can't remember even how it happened, but I contacted a friend and it turns out they just bought a house, but they hadn't been able to sell their uh, existing house and their new tenants hadn't arrived yet. So we could literally go and drop straight into a four bedroom house fully kitted, fully stocked up with a fenced backyard that was perfect for our dogs. It was just like a in the middle of a disaster. It was a kiss from God with a swimming pool. Yeah, it was miraculous provision, uh, quite extraordinary. So just pause in there. There's two sides to this. I want, as you're listening to this, I'm just remembering how crazy that was. But us, as a family, we talk about having Graham with us. It's almost like having a referee because it's a high emotion, <laughs> high tension. You can be short and irritable with people. But because we have had Graham, this visitor from England, this guest speaker uh, who was growing as a friend, but you know, we didn't, that forced a deeper connection yeah, it incredibly was, fast. It was still quite new and fresh, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so it was very new, but what it did is it was like when you've got someone else with you in your family, people are just on slightly better behavior with one another. So that was one of the things <laughs> yeah. that we talked about is, oh, Graham with us, that kind of helped us from killing each other, which I'm sure wouldn't have happened, but it did keep a level of uh, harmony probably more than would have been necessary. And perhaps that's you and what you carry. And also being a dad and a grandfather, that certainly helped. Plus ice cream. Yeah, I think I mean, for what was going on for me internally was this continual... I was in an Airbnb um, not that far away in the, the city and that had been prearranged. So it was quite interesting how that, that worked out. And I was continually asking the father, what do I do here? How do I respond? Because there was all the normal activities of the Bethel Church and I was there to take part in some of that. That had all shut down. There wasn't really anything going on because the whole of Reading was consumed by this disaster quite naturally. And so my my question was, how do I respond to these people that I am uh, thrown together with? Not not um, in a way that, that made me feel uncomfortable. It was just I, I really didn't know what to do. So I thought the best thing to do is simply to respond to the invitation that's there. Yeah. Then the invitation kept coming, oh, come around, join us. We want you to, to be here. So I thought, okay, that's what I'll do. Jump on in. Um, and I went round and sometimes we wouldn't do anything. We'd all just sit around together and, and read books and uh, we'd play a lot of games together, uh, which I usually lost. Nothing's changed there. Still <laughs> losing games. Um, and uh, there wasn't really anywhere to go. We were, we were just kind of thrown together. You couldn't spend a lot of time outside because of the ash. And Although, smoke, yeah, yeah, and we, we did do, we went swimming a couple of times and, and and there were a few others of your friends. There was one friend I remember who had lost his house uh, and he was really um, was in shock and yeah. he was devastated by the whole thing. Um, he would just come around, sit in the pool and just talk. Yeah. Um, but I think for, for my part, I didn't feel I was doing anything special other than simply to, to be there and to... Um, to try and add some level of normality because obviously the, the whole thing wasn't impacting me in the same way. I wasn't losing property. I wasn't asking questions about what was going to happen next week or next month or, or anything like that. So what I want to highlight here is uh, you, 
you might be walking through transition yourself. Maybe not disaster. We're not working through disaster now, no. but it's certainly there's a lot of upheaval. And when you take someone out of their home, out of their uh, what they've had and they've loved, there is emotion involved. And so it, the same things apply. And so it's unique that, that God's placed Graham with us at this time and navigating all of this. But So you might be walking through that, but you will also have people around you that are you that that they're the ones that are walking through the transition, the upheaval, and so you've got the opportunity to, to be a Graham to them. So Graham, what's a couple of things? If I've got some friends around me, some people that I know, and like you mentioned, I, you feel awkward. Do I just avoid them? Do I? I don't know what to say. Uh, and one of the things you highlighted was just listening to the Father, and actually just being with them without even having to say anything, is actually really significant. What else would you add in terms of how can I be a Graham to the people around me? I think one of the things I felt, especially um, this time around, this occasion, is people don't really want advice. Um, it's more perspective yeah. that that you bring. So we, um, we had a, or you had a family conversation yesterday or the day before, day before yesterday, and you invited me into that. And again, even though our friendship is much more mature these days, I I waited to see if you wanted to invite me into it. And I would have been very happy not to be. But because you did, I thought, okay, I'll go and, and be a part of it and just watch what's going on and try to get a feel from it. And not simply with the natural, but also trying to listen to the spirit in the whole thing and um, at points where I was asked to have a question or an observation or something then to to bring in something that I felt I'd heard and ask a question or make an observation or something like that and you don't know if it's going to be helpful but you you hope that the strength of your relationship will um, create the space to allow you to to say that as long as I'm not trying to put a particular a viewpoint to force that on you, because yeah. um, that's not my place yeah. to do that. I haven't, I haven't got to carry the responsibility of the decision that that comes out of that. And I, I think understanding, understanding the privilege that you're given, but understanding the 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 limits of that privilege or the boundaries of it. Yeah. So I think what you've said is, and obviously listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, understand that your presence with people. Not necessarily saying something, but actually just being in the room. Uh, you bring harmony. You bring peace. You can literally carry that and intentionally pray. As you heard Graham said, listening to the Holy Spirit, you know, praying for these people that you get to be walking through this with them. Uh, not giving advice, but then waiting to be invited into the situation. And if you're asked a question or even asking questions, hey, do you? is there something I can do? And being okay with the process. I think probably the other part of it is Graham's consistently, this is what's going to come up through this entire conversation, is ice cream. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. is eating together, is, you know, we'll go in and look at a property, Graham will come with us. So actually it's, it's great having a different perspective. We're looking as our family and he's looking from the outside in, but being on the inside. So seeing how we're interacting. So he can give us some feedback on that that we may not always see when you're in the middle of it. And doing that as you sit down with an affogato, which is a 
coffee over ice cream yeah. or with a bowl yeah. of ice cream or with ice cream on a stick. I it's all As useful. long as there's ice cream there, that's, that's the main thing, yeah. <laughs> so let's jump forward. What's, what are you observing? You know, this is a bit of a dangerous question to okay. ask, but you are now parked with the Mason family as we walk through this transition, which is none of it is like what we expected or what our translation with was from what God had spoken. We thought this would have happened a lot sooner, a lot uh, smoother. We're still parked in the Poconos. I've got seven days left, and mm-hmm. we need some decisions made. So there's some emotion. What have you observed, and what's your perspective of what we're going through? I think you you realize that a, a process is a process, and, and that sounds like a, an obvious thing to say, but... At any given point in that process, you don't know where you are in the process. So they had a conversation two days ago and it reached a certain point and some of that was was helpful and and somewhat conclusive and there was a, a good sense of unity between people. But there were still things that were unknown and things that needed to be um, faced and accommodated for and understood. And so from my perspective... I I have to remember that they're, they're certain distance long in this journey. They've still got a way to go. And so not trying to force or draw the wrong conclusions from, from where you are. And I think you as a family have been good at doing that in um, just allowing what's happening on a particular morning or a particular afternoon to happen in somebody's emotions or somebody's responses to something and recognising that, well, it might not be exactly the same tomorrow. We'll probably have moved on either because we've we've had a break, we've done something that's relaxing or we've had sleep or um, we've looked at a possibility and it's been closed down. So we know that's not uh, an avenue to go down. So we think, OK, well, maybe we have to go back a step and, and think again. Um, I th- I think you continually make yourselves open to the Lord and to, in this case, me, because you've invited me into that. And there's um, there's a great deal of trust involved in that, um, trust in the Lord, in that, okay, it's Wednesday afternoon, uh, we feel like this, we have to make a decision in nine days' time or four nine days' time, but on Thursday afternoon, we're going to feel different about this because something else has, has happened. It's changing. Yeah. So what's so? Let me just be candid. We talk about walking with Jesus, integrating faith, family, family, truly walking out what you would expect uh, when I stand up and talk about this partnership with God at work. What's the the inside story of observing the Mason family? Oh, I I I think it's true. It has integrity about it. It definitely has integrity because you're from what I've heard you say in the context of business. I'm seeing that worked out in the context of family, which is that that's you know that's where you live. Family is 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 where you live, and if it doesn't work there, nothing you say outside is going to have any um, any value to it. It's not going to have any credibility, and and I'm I'm seeing that. And the other interesting thing is seeing it with your kids when they're three years older. They're all now kind of into young adulthood. Their own perspective is different they are probably clearer about their own views and so on. And the way that you have um, 
as a family changed in doing that from three years ago to to here is is also quite noticeable so what i'm hearing you say is we're authentically living this out yeah it's i believe so pretty it's messy there are emotions there are questions like where's god in this but it's real yes and you you always talk about the messy intersection of family faith and business and and family is messy because it involves people at their most raw yeah um, yeah uh and i think if if a venture is going to work it's not going to be perhaps to the same depth as family but in order for the relationships that hold that together, whatever it is, whether it's a business or a school or a church or organisation, um, has to have the same qualities about it. Yeah. So is there anything that we're doing as a family that you would say, whatever you do, don't, don't stop that? Uh, is there anything that stands out as unique uh, from someone coming in on the outside and then kind of embedded with us in the middle of the process, like Andy, Janine? You're doing this, don't stop doing that. Well, keep eating the ice cream. Okay, deal. But, but by that, I also mean um, be kind to yourselves yeah. in the middle of it all. When, when the pressure is at its greatest, recognise that that's the time when people are most likely to, uh, to need to feel loved and cared for and that this is still a family and, and you know... I still love my brothers and sisters and my children and my parents and, and so on. And I, in all the situations I've seen you go through, I haven't seen that falter. Uh, and that's been incredibly heartening to see that. Um, I think the other thing is listen to everybody and let everybody have a voice. Uh, you do that and we all need to do that in our situations and we're not always very good at that because we're so convinced that our own voice is the most important or the most right um I think the third thing is give everybody space. Um, quite often here, people will all sit in the same room, but we'll all be doing something different. We'll be reading a book or playing a video game or whatever it might be. Um, and uh, saying, no, that's okay. Yeah. We, we recognize this is, a, uh, this is a period when everybody needs to do that. Because that's the the period in which people either just catch up with their own ideas and their own thoughts, or they just take a breather from the pressure of, of the situation. And, and it is pressurised. You know, you've got a few days in um, you know, family in suitcases and one or two boxes and three dogs will be out on the side of the street yeah. unless you've, you've got a, a, a next step to go to. So I think that, I mean, like I just highlight what you said is listen to everyone's voice. The challenge with that is it would be so much easier just going with what I think to do. Of course it would. But, oh, the journey of actually involving everybody in the process, it's really interesting. On this side of it, I think I'm starting to get expanded in tentatively saying, I'm feeling the pleasure of God in the middle of the process, which feels real strange to me from a Mm. person who's addicted to accomplishment I'm slowing down and in this messiness, I'm learning to be okay. And I feel the pleasure of God in it, which is, it's kind of weird because I would have thought, well, if I feel the pleasure of God, surely there's some solutions happening. And yet I can't see solutions. So what we, any comment to that? Yeah, I think you have to be aware of the the bigger context that you're in. I think 
one of the things that's interesting in this situation is that you are all thrown into a very different context. You're in a different part of the, the country. You're, you're, you're not involved with, you're not involved with your work context to the same degree. Kids aren't at school. Um, and it's, um, you're, you're somewhat isolated from the rest of the culture around you that, uh, it's really difficult to avoid ourselves being driven by that, being driven by the values that it um, that it contains. Uh, but I think that's really important because whatever culture it is, whether it's uh, US or British or whatever it is, it's not the culture of the kingdom of God. And in order to make difficult decisions of your path within the culture of God's kingdom, you need to remove yourself from the the culture that you inhabit normally so i've been reading through the psalms recently got my own decisions i'm trying to make and time and time and time and time again the whoever's writing the psalm says i didn't understand this until i came into your yeah. presence yeah. and um that's stepping out of the the culture of whatever they were in coming into god's culture and getting things uh, perspective right because they saw him they saw who he was they saw what he was doing and and we have to do the same yep so here's a fast update and little process that we did so as a family janine my wife got uh, four pieces of i'm not sure what size huge pieces of kind of paper cardboard a1 size we put them on the wall in the airbnb with some masking tape and Janine and I together walk through these are the options that we've got the decisions that we need to make so we know we need it out to be here what are the options that we could do so we just walk through you know we could buy a house uh, this is the strength weakness and the cost this is the we could be an Airbnb this is the strength weakness and cost uh, we could get into rental uh, we I'm not sure if there's anything else that we could even think of someone said an RV that's when the RV came in yeah how do you, what about an RV it's like what about a spaceship yeah, yeah no one suggested that not yet and then, so we had those on the first two, and then we had another sheet of paper, which was, this is what we hear God saying. Um, and then the final piece of paper is, this is our story. This is our history with God and what we've come through. And then we went through that with the kids, uh, page by page, and saying, here's the options. Do you have any other thoughts, ideas, suggestions? So that they could be fully informed of where we're at. And then we went through... This is what we're all hearing God. Have we missed anything? Is there anything we're missing? Like, no, no, this is what we're hearing God say. And then the final one, this is our history. What do you guys remember? So it's almost that, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you remember? And then we sent everyone away and, okay, go away and ponder this. Ask the Lord and then come back. And, and what do you think we should do from here? And it was really interesting. It was almost like the family was split between, let's just buy this house and, or let's rent. Or effectively, we're not, we don't have the capacity or have, we don't see the house that is the dream house like what we left behind, but we hear the Lord saying, move forward. And literally, you've, Deuteronomy 1, 6, you've been in the wilderness long enough, now go and occupy. So that's actually taking some concrete steps to get into something but it's not like what we imagined it would be. We're just not in the financial position. It doesn't compare as favorably. And the the market has changed. Uh, interest rates, uh, borrowing power, just because I'm no longer in the steady income that I had. Everything has changed. So what we decided to do is look at both. We 
as a family, we looked at a rental uh, yesterday. It turned out to be incredibly ugly. So that was no way uh, or over somebody's dead body. And then secondly, another rental that we looked at uh, was rented by a corporate company for a lot more for two years. So those were immediate no and no. So that left us with one option, which was looking to purchase a house. So we've gone in and we're going to put an offer in on that and see where that's at. Even if we treat it like a, as if it was a rental, but it's more stable and secure. As we walk towards this, uh, we're keeping our eyes open if the Lord brings up something else in the process. But it feels like we're doing the best that we can that we know how and trusting that God is the good shepherd and he's guiding us even when I don't understand. Uh, anything you'd observe or comment or say about that, Graham? Yeah, I think we have to keep in mind what it is that we sense God has said. That's the, that's the ultimate arbiter in the whole thing is what has God said? What are the promises that we are holding on to that everything is dependent upon and when there are so many circumstantial things that you have to look at we have to go back to those promises again and again and again and in the process recognize that there may be things that he has not yet revealed to us we we're operating without all the information yet because God hasn't shown us something of how this this promise will be fulfilled so in that particular conversation it became really difficult to see how the promises that you had were lining up with the possibilities that were in front of you. I think the only conclusion you can come to is that you don't yet know all the possibilities, but what you have to do is make the decisions that need to be made at the moment in the light of the information that you know, but still expecting the promises to be worked out. So if it if it looks as though this is not what we're expecting, to be relaxed about that and say, it's not what we're expecting because we're still in the middle of the process, but it is the best decision that we have to make at the moment. And that's also part of, of what we're walking through. And I, you know, there's, there's often quite a lot of pain yeah. involved in that because the things that you're dreaming of, you wonder if they're slipping away from you. And if you've made a mistake and if you let God Where's down. Where's God? Like God, yeah, we haven't you, done what we thought. You, you've heard him wrongly. And I, I, I think what, what I've seen is the, the determination that you have as a family to hold on to those promises. Confidence in God to say, we have no sense of understanding about how this is working out, but we do believe it will work out this way. Yeah, and that's, it's not easy. Uh, I mean, we've got a prophetic word. This is going to be easy. I'm like, I don't know how that works out, perhaps. Yeah. Once this is done, maybe we'll look back. But right now, but what I do know is it's like Psalm 56 says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's like we're standing in front of the Red Sea. We've got the Egyptians bearing down on us. And God says, move forward. And the Red Sea has yet to part. And I guess that's what this is, is my God's going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, I can't deny who he is. I don't know how this works out, but I trust that his perspective, it's great having Graham with us, but my connection with God is so much more. My trust with him is growing in the process. And I've got to be okay with family members at different stages in that journey and not get irritated or upset or angry, but actually walk with that. So my heart is being expanded and I feel this tenderness and probably the greatest 
joy for me as a father is asking the kids what do they want to get out of what's what do they want to hold on to in the middle of this and all of the family individually said pretty much in these words I want to protect my tenderness and my confidence in God and I'm just like how could God not be like pouring out something for us in this even if we can't see it just yet yeah that was hugely impressive to to hear that because you you see that in the middle of um particularly for for them just being younger and, and not having so much life experience behind them if that is their desire and it's coming out in the middle of this situation and it's it's real they're not just saying it there was emotion in the way they were were saying it from from all of them and uh, I just thought, wow, that's a really precious thing there. You, but you, you can only, you can only have. Uh, Proverbs talks about gold being refined, and you, probably people are familiar with the the picture there. You, you heat it up, you skim off the impurities, it cools down, you heat it up again, and so on. And it's only in the most extreme circumstances that you see that coming out. So you, if you want quality, you have to be expected oh, thanks, for it to be tested yeah. you're welcome well the beauty though is the heat also causes the ice cream to melt so you have and to eat the ice cream quickly yeah yeah, so yeah. Do that. So here's the point we want to just encourage you in the journey find a graham and be a graham like you can find someone that you can be that too and then just want to finish you with this uh, finish this for you it's Proverbs 21 21 the passion it says this the lovers of God who chase after righteousness will find all their dreams come true an abundant life drenched with favor and a fountain that overflows with satisfaction. I don't know what you're going through, but I just know that God is good. God is with you and he works all things, all things together for good. So we just pray this grace over you in your journey. We'll keep you updated on ours, but I just know and thank you for being a part of this conversation. So we'll talk with you again next week. Thanks, Graham. Thank you.